play this after a loss. But it's preseason. We don't really give a crap. As 25 Packers did not dress last night that you'll be seeing come start of the regular season. But with... Yes, the loss last night, 17 to 10 to the Kansas City Chiefs. That means preseason is over. Regular season is here. Thank you, baby Jesus. We can no longer chase the dragon. We can catch the dragon. That is the NFL's regular season and the Green Bay Packers. As I don't know, Rowdy, what do you think of the game last night? I thought it was I was having a Tyler Goodson second quarter exciting run. It was pretty I don't know, a boring game. I'm really done. Right home about. Hey, two words. It's preseason. <laughs> it's preseason. Uh, game. I was. I was out at. I, I went to Chicken Licks. I watched. I was at Chicken Licks last night for the first half, and then got home and watched the rest of it. I mean, I don't know. I, I guess you're right. It's preseason. <laughs> Tyler Goodson. I mean, he had the 24 yard run. That was kind of electric. Does he make the team? Is he going to be that third running back? I don't. I think it looks like it. I don't know. We'll see. Anything, anything really jump out for you for that game last night? Um, so Samari Toure had a pretty nice yeah, he game. He looked pretty nice. Led the team in receiving, but I do think it was pretty fun. Samari Rogers looked okay because Danny Etling came in and and looked pretty good again. And I know we're gonna have more people calling for Danny Etling to be like oh the next God. guy or the quarterback in waiting or Jordan Love, whatever. Oh God! But there was a nice like uh, skinny post that uh, Samari Toure ran. And Etling put it right on him. Nice little, nice little uh, gain downfield. But then I'm uh, my dad. I was watching the game with my dad, and he yeah. goes, "Oh, who's that? Who's that number eighty three? He's played pretty well tonight." And I'm telling him, "Samari Toure, he's a guy on the bubble. He's a seventh round pick out of Nebraska." Be Jeff Janis's number, Raj. The very next play, they threw him like a little like arrow route. And he probably could have picked up three or four yards. Instead, he ran backwards and, pro- <laughs> and probably lost a yard. And then he goes. Oh, that wasn't that nice. <laughs> yeah, it's, I, mean, it's tomorrow. I don't know if he's going to be making the team, but we'll see. Yeah. It was just funny because the it was like that play, nice little skinny post, pick up like 20 yards or whatever. And then the then, very next play, it was like, well, he had four, and, and then he then, went backwards and lost yeah, one. And then, yeah, uh, catching six to eight passes, uh, guy came his way for 83 yards of Samari Toure. Uh, he was the favorite of Jordan Love and Danny Etling in key situations. Four of his six catches going for first downs. Uh, with first six, uh, with the first six wide receiver spots, you know, done. Who I mean, who's it going to be? Toure battling Jawan Winfrey for the seventh spot. Do they keep seven wide receivers? See, I think it was pretty interesting when they interviewed Aaron Rodgers on the sidelines again, and he talked about the receivers. And obviously, he named Cobb, he named Watkins, he named Christian Watson, yeah. he named Romeo Dubs. Like those were like the four big guys that he named. Yep. But then when he was talking about him, he goes, yeah, Amari Rogers, I feel like has had a nice preseason. Samari Toure has looked good. And then he's kind of paused and he goes, and I really like Jawan Winfrey. Yeah, we've known he's like Jawan Winfrey But that's the too. thing. It's like he, he paused. He said that one, one of the last ones that he listed and said that almost like that's a little plea for them to say, hey, we need to figure out a way to keep Jawan Winfrey. I like him. Yeah. I mean, we've, we've known that Aaron Rodgers likes Jawan Winfrey. It's, I mean, Rodgers has a lot of say, obviously. I mean, hell, you got Randall Cobb to come back. But, yeah, there, that wide receiver room is pretty full up, and there are some names there that are going to not be a Green Bay Packer. But Tuesday at 3 o'clock is the final 53. 
Oh, uh, they got to cut it down. Doesn't so. it feel weird that they have, I think, I think they were saying on the broadcast, 17 days now, like a huge gap between the end of preseason and the start of the regular season. Yeah, uh, LaFleur was also talking about how uncommon and weird it is that they're, they are already done with their final preseason game and they have to wait now all the way till Tuesday to make cutdowns. So they're going to have, like, he was talking about how it's all, how uncommon it is that now they're going to have more time to evaluate their players. So it's like, wouldn't you want more time to evaluate well, your players? You know how, like, over the past how many years, even going back to the McCarthy days, like, the discussion was how many receivers are go- are they going to keep? Yeah, that was always the... Now, clearly, McCarthy's offense was way more wide receivers could fit on a roster than yeah. tight ends. LaFleur more of the uh, well, run the football. He wants a 50-50 attack. He yeah, said. more blocking. So obviously they're probably, you would imagine they keep more tight ends than the yeah. team that's going to throw the football a lot. Well, when when Aaron Rodgers names Randall Cobb, Alan Lazard, Sammy Watkins, Christian Watson, Amari Rodgers, Jawan Winfrey, <laughs> Romeo Dobbs, and Samari Toure, I don't know about you, but when I listen to that, that's like eight receivers. Oh, yeah, it's, yeah, they're not keeping eight. They're not, they're not I, keeping eight. I have seen some projections where they go, could the Packers keep eight? There's a lot of young guys that they like. And then there's some where they're like, hey, maybe they keep seven. But most of the time, if you look at Brian Gutekunst's roster since he was the GM, they keep six. Yeah, they're six wide receivers. And that's what they have on the Green Bay Packers. They got some moves to make. So we were talking about Amari Rodgers, Rowdy. Like, could Amari Rogers? we talked about with Mike Clemens yesterday, and uh, we've been discussing it too throughout the weeks. Does he make the team? He had a decent game yesterday. I don't think they cut bait from a third-round pick. Yeah, and you know, I've seen mixed reviews on Amari Rogers when it comes to people online, like p- people on Twitter. Some people think he hasn't played that well this preseason. Others think he's played really well. I'm kind of in the camp that I think he's looked a lot better totally than what has. he did year one. Well, remember when um, when mini camp started before training camp? The, the big scuttlebutt about Amari or uh, Amari Rogers was that he's the, in the best shape he's ever been in. He's cut. He's ready to go. The wide receivers coach was like ranting and raving about him, and we kind of rolled our eyes. He's look. He's, he's my favorite he's thing about Amari Rogers so far this preseason was we know the nightmare that was year one in the NFL for him. Ugh. I just remember the very first punt in that San Francisco first preseason game. He went down to his knees and and caught the the football, but it didn't look pretty. But he didn't bobble it. He caught it, but he kind of fell over and was on his knees when he caught it. Yeah. I just sat there when I saw that, and I go, well, it's at least better than last year. <laughs> he didn't fumble it. He, he, he kept it. He didn't fumble but it. But then later that game, he returned one. Yeah. Um, Amari Rodgers... Yeah, he's he'll be on the team. Uh, then you look at the tight end position. We were talking about yesterday. Big Bob Tunyon still fighting back from ACL injury. He was, you know, he's getting better and better. You got Mercedes Lewis. What did Clemens say yesterday? That would Mercedes Lewis be on this team if he wasn't Aaron Rodgers' buddy? See, I think that's a little much. I think he would be. He's really good at what he does. I, well, I, the reason why I think he would be isn't because he's Aaron Rodgers' buddy or not. It's because he's a guy that for the first eight to 10 years in his NFL career when he played for like the Jaguars, he was a really good receiving oh tight my God, end. Yeah. Then he revamped. He's got older, lost a step, said, I need to figure out a way to adapt to stay in this league, became a really good blocking tight end. And now he is what he is yeah. a really good blocking tight end that still has he can catch a couple here and there. That's the thing. He still has some of those receiver traits like he did when he was younger, but the body's just not, the body's not as fast as yeah. it used to be, but he's a guy that 
He knows what he's doing. He's smart. Great veteran. Good locker and room guy. The other thing is, look around the effing room. Who's better? Yeah, <laughs> like, I mean, who's better? Tunyon's hurt. Uh, does Tyler Davis make the team? I mean, he had a turnover in each of the first two preseason games. Tunyon's coming off an ACL, which he suffered right around Halloween last Just year. Josiah DeGuara leaves a bad taste in my mouth for that catch he didn't make against the Niners in the playoffs, but he's still serviceable. DeGuara. Josiah DeGuara showed flashes pre-ACL. Since yeah. ACL, there's been a lot more to be desired. Yeah. Tyler Davis, oh, athletic. Oh, he f- drops the ball a lot. I, yeah. And then you have a bunch of other guys. Like, they already cut Dominic Daphne, who was a guy yeah. that was like a... He was like a cult hero. Serviceable, end-of-the-roster tight end that's Didn't he get whatever. a touchdown? Didn't he score a touchdown? Was that, was that last well, he's, year? He, he's an NFL caliber tight end. He just at, uh, unfortunately sits at the NFL caliber that's like fringe roster. Yeah, yeah. And then they bring in like three or four other tight ends <laughs> that are literally the exact same thing. So I think your top three are clearly Lewis, Tunyon, DeGuara. Yeah. Everyone else after that? Throw him in a hat. Yeah, good luck. It could be like uh, in the dark night when the Joker has tryouts. Remember when he says he's expanding and there's three guys and he throws the pool stick that he breaks in, into? That could be that for the tight so ends that remain. So when you were gone that Friday morning, <laughs> tryouts. Heilprin <laughs> uh, and I were talking about some of these guys, and they really liked Tyler Davis. Very athletic, had pretty expansion. decent hands, good size. And I said, he kind of reminds me of a young Bob Tunyon. Because if you remember, I think it was dating back to like 2018 or 2019 when uh, Tunyon was in his first year with the Packers. Yeah, He was a guy that was a pretty good athlete that showed that he was pretty raw and that with a little bit of time, he could be a pretty decent tight end. And that amounted and that could amount to something. I got a text. Who was it after the second preseason game from sports director Zach Heilprin? Oh. And he goes... Ever since you compared Tyler Davis to a young Bob Tunyon, he's completely sucked ass. Oh, yeah, you said that yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> and I laughed and I go, yeah, he has. But I go, for every 10 Bob Tunyons out there that they saw potential and ceiling in, nine of them failed. <laughs> Tyler Davis is probably one of the nine he's one of the nine that's going to fail. Rowdy, I have a live audio. Brian Gutekunst for the tight end group uh, remaining. Here it is. For aggressive expansion. That's Goody so talking. fine gentlemen would like to join our team? Oh, there's only one spot open right now, so we're going to have tryouts. That's Goody. That's Goody right now at Lambeau Field, Rowdy. <laughs> what a movie, by the way. That's Brian Gutekunst ta- talking not only to tight ends, but a lot of other people uh, trying to make this team. Hey, NFL's cutthroat, man. Uh... uh 53 men, you got to whittle that thing down, and then we'll see what happens. The people, though, now, Nelly, when you were, uh, took your two vacation days this week, I was, and Ben's gone as well, so I was doing the Bill Michaels show. There was a guy who called in three days in a row. Now, I know you only took two days, but three days in a row. He's an older sounding gentleman who's, you know, like, uh, I think some, I don't know, I don't want to assume, but Rowdy, he called in three days in a row and asked, to play the Danny Etling, Aaron Rodgers clip where Aaron Rodgers celebrates Danny Etling for scoring a touchdown. And he was telling me, oh, I know you guys don't really care for Danny Etling, but it took him one quarter to score a touchdown, not three. And I think he should be the backup over Jordan Love. In what universe will Danny Etling be on this active roster, Nelly? Well, he's com- he's obviously the practice squad guy. <laughs> yeah, like what? What what are we what are we looking at? What are we doing? Danny Etling is not going to be your backup quarterback. That when Jordan Love is playing, 
Jordan Love is playing with a lot of twos, threes, and fours because it's clearly not the starting lineup. There's no Aaron Jones. There's no A.J. Dillon. There's clearly no top of their line wide receivers. Uh The offensive line has been mismatched just to see who can play where and who fits the best at this position. And he's going against, like, yesterday, ones, twos. He's going against other teams' better players. Not every single time, but the majority of the time, they're going against the ones, the twos, and maybe towards the end he gets to play the threes. Mm -hmm. Danny Etling is playing with a lot of the same players because it's those young receivers, it's the young tight ends, it's the young running backs, and a mismatched line against the threes and fours. He's playing the guys that are probably not going to make the roster where Jordan love is playing the guys that are firmly on the roster. Yes. yes. So let's pump the brakes on trying to say that Danny Etling is, should be the backup quarterback. It's not, it's not going to happen. So I I think even Danny Etling's parents think that I have a lot of stuff to talk about. I do think he's, he's on the team. Yeah. Oh yeah. Practice squad. Keep him on the practice. He's a practice. Oh, for sure. He's the practice squad. It's insurance at a minimum. It's like with Kurt Benkert, people kept clamoring for him to be the number, you know, to the backup. Why? Because he's good at video games. Like (laughs) he's not even on a team right now. So RJ, you really didn't miss anything. I mean, yeah. When, when I saw the, the score update come back seventeen to ten. I was like, oh. Didn't uh, Patrick anything. Mahomes came out and they huddled up like Len Dawson uh, did back in the day, and they took a delay of game in honor of the late Len Dawson, and then Mahomes immediately was removed from the game, and so that was a nice little tribute. Yeah. And then I think for the Packers, uh, what Brody Tyler Goodson had a cool twenty-four yard run in the second quarter. That was kind of about it. Samari Toure looked pretty decent. Mari Rogers looked all right. Yeah, it wasn't a whole lot. Yeah, it was it pretty wasn't a whole lot. Pretty mundane, kind of boring. Um, in fact, I mean, listen to the call for uh, Tyler Goodson's run. Have a great staff. All right, third down here. Into some space. It's Goodson, and he gets the touchdown for the Packers. I mean, this is how exciting preseason is. L- listen to the, the voice of the call. The, the guy's like, eh, you know, he gets a touchdown for the Packers. Hey, yeah. 25, 25 starters set out uh, for the Packers. Um so you're really not missing much. Brody, anything else really stand out for you besides Samari Toure, Tyler Goodson? Like, how was Jordan Love for you? He threw an interception. Yeah, yeah. Jordan Love, it was kind of, it, Jordan Love kind of, he's been all right the entire preseason. Yeah. Like, it's been nothing special to say, oh, man, this guy is going to be a, a top 10 quarterback in the NFL. Nothing great, but nothing bad. It's also hasn't been, oh, my God, this guy can't play quarterback in the NFL at all. I feel like at this right point, it's exactly what Rob Reichel said. He's probably could play for five to 10 NFL teams right now at starting quarterback and he'd be serviceable, but yeah. he's not a top 10 quarterback. And the one thing you do like to see is it does look like he has progressed and gotten better from year two to year three. Yeah. Uh, in fact, Jordan Love talks about his three preseason games under his belt. Um, I think it was good. I think I definitely took a lot of good strides um, this preseason, you know, from when we started in OTAs to, to now, um, just from the first two years I've been here, you know, I definitely, uh, you know, there's a lot of growth in just my play and decision-making and how comfortable I feel. Um, so I, I felt good about it. There you go. I mean, I mean, I'm ready for the regular season. I'll just say that. 
Uh, love those talks about, though, he appreciates all that the veterans uh, that did not play help all the young guys on the sidelines. LaFleur was talking about it, too, after the game. He's like, we're a player-driven team. So a lot of the a lot of the dudes who weren't suited up playing, they're like helping out the young guys, like looking at you know packages and plays and tablets and blah 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 blah. So here's a love on that. Just having everybody there, just having that camaraderie with the whole team, um, having those older guys right there, you know, to coach people up when we come to the sideline and whatnot. It, it definitely helps. Um, but yeah, I, I I don't know what it would be like if they didn't come. So. Um, I think it's good to have him there. Uh, he also talks about Romeo Dobbs, Samari Toure, Christian Watson, other uh, receivers improving uh, the past couple of weeks in camp. Now, we did not see Christian Watson. He did not play no, last night. Did not. Are you concerned about that, about Christian Watson not getting any action in the you know, preseason bit, games? Just because, I mean, this is a guy that is a rookie. It is a guy that he played at North Dakota State, which clearly isn't big Division One Power 5 college football, so it's not like he was playing the best talent week in and week out. We know that he's got a ton of upside. There's a ceiling there, but he also has had issues with drops in his hands, so like you want to see him just because you want to see what he looks like live action NFL talent that he's going against, yeah. and now he had the knee that need to be scoped. He has, I guess, made some plays in practice, but also has had some falters in practice and it's it's kind of what it is for a yeah. rookie receiver I know we hear a lot about Romeo Dobbs you know making plays all the time those first few weeks haven't heard that as much lately but you still see him get open but he still has drops yeah that's outside of Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase and some of those guys like that most rookies do have up and down first years oh, totally but it would have been nice to see him get a little bit of run like we got to see Romeo Dobbs play all three games yeah, he's we didn't see Christian Watson play no, at all. No, I would rather hear Aaron Rodgers talk about this, but we'll hear uh, Jordan Love uh, about Dobbs, Toure, Watson, and other receivers improving the past couple weeks. Yes, I have. Um, you know, obviously they're younger. We have a lot of young receivers, so just learning the system, learning you know the the small little ins and outs of um, every play. I think they've definitely made some strides and um, just progressed pretty well. And uh, you know, you see just the little things like peeking when you you know you got a blitz in front of your face um, and, and things like that. Just knowing, you know, Aaron talks about all the time, the timing of when you should be open versus when, you know, when you are in the progression, things like that. I think just learning. Um, but I think they've all done a really good job and um, just kept you know, showing up every day and getting better. I mean, take that with a grain of salt. It's Jordan Love. I mean, he's not going to be throwing the ball in the regular season unless Aaron Rodgers is hurt. But what rookies have improved the most during training camp? Here's Love. Um, just from the rookies, you're saying? I think, you know, Romeo's really good. You know, Christian's been a little banged up, so we haven't seen as much, but I think he's going to be really good as well. Samari, I think, you know, he, he had a good game tonight, um, had a couple good catches, but I think he's been, you know, he's took a lot of strides since OTAs. Um, but, yeah, I think they've all, like I said, done a really good job and just kept getting better. Does Samari Toure make the roster? Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. <laughs> Does Samari Toure make the roster? Had a good mm. game last night, mm-hmm. but he is uh, on the outside looking in. Yeah, I think if you look at the wide receiver room for the Green Bay Packers, the guys that you know are in, it's Randall Cobb, that's one. Sammy Watkins, two. Christian Watson, that's three. Uh, Romeo Dobbs, that's four. I think those are clearly, or Al Nazard, that's five. That's five guys right there that you know are in, in my opinion. And now you're looking, do they keep six, seven, or eight? Because that's where you have the Amari Rogers, Jawan Winfrey, Samari Toure's. Like that's three more guys looking for probably one spot, maybe two. 
And when you look at Amari Rogers, Jawan Winfrey, and Samari Toure, Jawan Winfrey and Samari Toure are probably the most likely guys that would still be able to be stashed on the practice squad, in my opinion. Yeah. I think with what Amari Rogers had shown in these three preseason games, the fact that he took a little bit of a step and that um, special teams play has gotten better, and he's a third-round pick where he's a top 100 pick, I think there's going to be more teams willing to give him a shot than a Samari Toure, who is a seventh-round pick, and a Jawan Winfrey, who has been a squad fringe roster guy for the last few years yeah. with the Packers. But we'll see how it shakes out. I think uh, those three guys are in competition for one or two spots. Who's in and who gets the Kenny Powers treatment? You're effing out. I can't believe this. The research department dropped a little nugget on us because we were talking about the Ravens and how the Ravens have won 22 preseason games, besting the record once held by Vince Lombardi with the Packers from 59 to 62. Yeah, and you know how... He had 19 in a row. Yeah, and that was only, like you said, from 59 to 62, that's only four years. So I looked it up. They had six preseason games back then and 12 regular season games. Six preseason games. So almost the complete opposite philosophy that the NFL has now, where it's 17 regular season games and only three preseason games. And those were when you had like part-time jobs and would smoke cigarettes at halftime or just not timeouts. <laughs> Six preseason games. And now they get pissed just having three. I mean, and we were talking about this earlier, like how much stock do you put in the preseason? Not much. It's a lot of guys fighting for roster spots. Like Tyler, Okay, Rowdy, the one bright spot, Tyler Goodson. Nice little run, touchdown run in the second quarter. Is he making the, Is he going to be the third running well, back? Well, that's the thing. It's like you look at the running back room and you have A.J. Dillon, you have Aaron Jones. They're locks. They're great yeah, players. They're in. Then you look at the rest of the squad. But Kylan Hill's on the pup. They're actually pretty good. They got some talent, especially for where they're at on the roster. For being three, four, five on your roster, it's pretty good for a running back te- uh, room so, when Kylan Hill, Tyler Goodson, and Patrick Taylor are competing for that number three running back. Yeah. LaFleur said that the third spot will largely decide on what player gives them the best on special teams. And now that's where it's interesting because when you look at the three guys that are competing for that spot, Kylan Hill's coming off of an ACL that he tore right around Halloween, beginning of November. He's a guy that was your kick returner. He's shown some flashes last year in preseason when he got some run and he wasn't that bad at kick return, but he's rehabbing the knee. He starts on the pup list. Yeah, he's out for a while. Tyler Goodson's a guy that's played some special teams and and you maybe you could say that you was you were hoping for some more, but he's shown you flashes in this preseason running the football, catching the football. Yep. Patrick Taylor, we know, is a bigger running back, and he runs the football pretty well too. Like all three of them I think are very serviceable NFL caliber players that will be on rosters. You probably only keep four. Yeah. I think Patrick Taylor's the odd man out. Well, I mean, he didn't. What has he really done? Well, he, Mike Clemens brought up a good point yesterday. Where has he made your head turn? Be like, oh, hey, look at that. Where you look at how these running backs are built, you obviously have Aaron Jones, who's the five nine two zero five fast quick back. He, he's your, he's. I don't want to call him a scat back because he's better than that. Yeah. But he's the quick back. 
obviously AJ Dillon's the hammer when he's six foot two fifty, and one of his thighs is the width of our body. <laughs> <laughs> they both have their own names: Quadzilla and the Quadfather. Those two guys are very different in build. They're two different running backs, but they work well together. You look at the other three. Kylan Hill's a smaller guy. I think he's like he's he's more of the Aaron Jones type, where he's the quicker, more uh, yeah, he's yeah, more he's of the, the elusive back. Yeah. Elusive. You look at Tyler Goodson. He's built just like Aaron Jones too. He's elusive. But then there's the Patrick Taylor, who's the six two two thirty, more of a hammer type running back like AJ Dillon. Yes. If they keep two, I think they keep Kylan Hill because he he was the kick returner. We and we know he's on the pup list. And Tyler Goodson because Goodson can catch the ball better out of the backfield. And he's shown something. But but if you're looking to keep one of the fast guys, elusive guys that can catch the football, and another hammer, you're going to take either Hill, Goodson, and then Patrick Taylor would be the the second back. So there's a lot of questions. Do they want two hammers and two elusive backs? Do they want one hammer and three elusive back? Like there, there's a lot of questions there. And then again, who can give them more on special teams? Yeah. Kylan that's, Hill's that's hurt. LaFleur was talking about. Yeah. You can at least see, they might actually do this. Oh, you're going to those inside the mind of Brian Gutekunst. Your top two are your top two. you LaFleur called them one a and one a your <laughs> Kylan Hill will start on the pup list. So he doesn't go against anything. Maybe both of those guys, Patrick Taylor and Tyler Goodson make the roster right out of camp if they keep four or they try and stash one on the practice squad while Kylan Hill is on the IR. Then week five, they finally make their decision after seeing Taylor and Goodson for five additional weeks and then say, all right, well, we like Hill better. One of you two are cut. I think there's a good shot that all of them actually make the initial roster, whether it's on the pup list or practice squad. And then by week five, when Kylan Hill is available, then then you see what the real cut is. Totally. I I found a song that is very fitting with our next guest. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to play it before I put his fader up to see how he reacts. But uh, let's see. Rowdy, what do you think of this song for Dave Essler, a guy from pregame.com? Take a listen. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talks. Here comes the money. Money, 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 money. Oh, Dave, what do you think, buddy? Dave Essler in the house. I was. I would have lost the bet because I would have said that you were going to play Dirty White Boy. Ooh, I do love me some Foreigner, Dave. Well, actually, you know what, Dave? I haven't actually listened to that song in quite some time. Oh, what did you think of that song, though? For, uh, yeah, it was all right. I also could have... I actually thought you might come out with, like, some Beatles, like, Here Comes the Sun. I think Dirty White Boy is a little more fitting. Dave, you... Our dirty little white boy, Dave, here. Pregame.com. Dave, what's up, dude? How we living? We're, uh, we're living large, my friends. Um, you know, getting up early and going to bed late. It's, it's that time of the year. You sound like Rowdy. But every day. Oh. Yeah, well, he, he has his choice. He could go to bed early. <laughs> Don't you go to bed last night, Rowdy? Money never sleeps, Dave. Yeah. Neither do I. <laughs> hey, there's two types of people in this world, Dave. There's winners and there's losers. That's why we got you on. A winner. Habitual winner. I love it. Our dirty white boy. Hey, Dave, how excited are you? Week zero upon us. College football, baby. What are we thinking? Well, um, I actually uh, did bet a few games. Are you uh, are you uh, already already talking about college football? No, 
See, I mean, I'm, I'm shocked yes. you even asked. I'm shocked you even asked me about that because two weeks into the uh, the NFL uh, NFL exhibition, uh, you were still asking me about baseball. So, well, Dave, here's the thing: the Brewers are now six games below the Cardinals for the uh, NL Central. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The Brewers, are, no they're dead. Say they're no. dead. They're dead. <laughs> Hey, no more. And this is normally like for me, this We've is like on. my last full week of betting <laughs> We've moved exclusively on. baseball. Like for, I normally just kind of glance at week zero. Cause a lot of times it's like half a dozen games. It'll be like one marquee matchup and the rest will be like, eh, a lot more to be desired between the, the two teams. And there was only one game that caught my eye this weekend, so I only placed one bet. We only gave out one college football bet. And Dave, I think uh, on your Twitter account at Dave underscore Essler, E-S-S-L-E-R, which is a uh, a must-follow, I think you did the same thing as Rowdy. Are you guys both going with the Rainbow Warriors? Hawaii? Um, I like Hawaii. I don't love them. Um, one of the reasons I don't love them is the market has driven that mid- to... Uh, the market has driven that to, to uh, plus eight or or Vanderbilt minus seven. And, you know, it takes a fair bit of money to push it from six and a half through that key number of seven, even seven and a half all the way to eight. So I even found it at nine last night. Yeah. I'm afraid we might be incorrect on that. Um, I like the under in the Illinois Wyoming game. Well, it's Illinois. That is a big 10 school. I hadn't even, hadn't even thought about that. I was talking to big 10 country, even bigger, Um, even bigger coach, by the way, in Brett Bielema. Yeah, and Belima's offenses. I mean, you know, they're 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 totally run first. You know, they uh, the Illini. I think I, I think they only bring back about half of their returning production. Um, you know, Wyoming. I mean, I mean, Illinois averaged I think just twenty points a game last year. I think that was one hundred and eleventh in the nation. But Oof. you know, I mean, it was really actually worse than that because I don't think they scored twenty points in seven of their last ten games. So. Mm. Uh, and that includes 47 against that undermanned Northwestern team in that final game. Um, and the Cowboys um, bring back like zero skill players. So uh, <laughs> I, I, I like that. Yeah, literally zero. I mean, they lose everybody. Um, you know, and that total of 44, that, that project, projecting a 27 to 17 game. I mean, I think that Wyoming will be hard pressed to get in the end zone twice, let alone Love it. Two, two and a half. And, and uh, so I, I just don't see 44 points. Does anyone else find it strange that we're talking about an Illinois team that's led by Brett Bielema and we're saying that their offense could potentially be kind of bulimic this year? <laughs> um, he be, hey, Brett Bielema you know, beat. If, if, did if, I just call bulimia? Any place but Madison, I would, I would say I would be surprised. But Dave, no, Dave, yes, sir. do you know this? Brett Bielema beat anorexia. Did you know that? He beat it. I did not. I'll, nope, have to find out. I'll have to find out how he did that. It's See, called all-you-can-eat buffets. Yeah, he beat anorexia, but they say he's losing the battle to diabetes. <laughs> you guys are cruel. I, I want to go back a few years and see what you said about him. <laughs> no, I'm actually, I'm out of everyone how many at the station, out of everyone at the station, I'm the biggest Bielema guy, but Dave, it is funny. If we go back a few years, we were even more cruel as when he was with the Razorbacks. And if you go even back a few more when he left Wisconsin, even more cruel. But yeah, when he was with the Wisconsin, we we like them. Come on, come on. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I felt the same way about Tom Brady. <laughs> hey, the mob is fickle, Dave. Let me ask you this: as a, that was on yesterday, oh, Gladiator. Of course, was it TBS? AMC. Oh, AMC. That makes sense. Dave, as the brilliant mind that you are, or sorry, Russell Crowe, as the beautiful mind that you are, Dave. How does 
a gambler as yourself, one of the best in the world, look at a game of two Big Ten teams in the Midwest traveling all the way to Dublin, Ireland. Me wee little latte. What do you think of this game here? Nebraska, 11.5 point favorites, the over under 50.5. But it's in Dublin. They got to travel and all that stuff. What do you, how does a beautiful mind like yours go through this? Well, I mean, the travel is a big deal, and being in Dublin is a big deal. I mean, I, I, I half wonder how they can be um, 100% focused. And, uh, you know, the only thing I can tell you is it's tough to lay 11.5. It's vacillated between there and, I believe, 13. Vacillated. Um, yeah, you know what that means, don't you? I, I just love. I just love that you peppered I'm, in. I'm surprised you didn't come back with a song. Um, I think that uh, it's impossible for me to get to Northwestern. Um, I don't know that I really want to lay that kind of wood with uh, a team that has pretty high expectations this year, but was like three and nine last year. I mean, I know they got that uh, quarterback transfer, but I'm still in a in an unknown venue, but. Probably the under because I I just can't get to Northwestern. You know, I go back to I go back to what I said about their last game with Illinois last year. I know they were a little undermanned, but they gave up 47 points. And you know, how much better can it get uh, with nothing but a few practices and a spring game in six months? And I think another thing that maybe for the Euro under there that maybe you haven't thought about is, but Pat Fitzgerald normally a guy that he can patch together pretty decent scrappy defenses with a, a lot lesser recruits too. Great, great, great name for Ireland too. It's Gerald. Hey Dave, I was in, sure. Ireland. I was in Ireland. Um, I don't know if it was cause I drank like my weight every day in Guinness or it was the jet lag, but I was pretty tired the whole time I was in Ireland. I was there for about a week and almost two weeks at two weeks actually. So that jet lag or maybe being hung over is a, is a real thing over there. So if it is jet lag for them, it's gonna be tough to play over there. It's tough. It's tough, dude. So we'll yeah, I, I get it. I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, you know, I, I got to believe that one or both schools did that for the money. I mean, I'm sure <laughs> yes, they yes. are getting getting paid a significant <laughs> chunk of change. You know, maybe maybe Wisconsin should have gone and and that would have uh, undone the damage that Title IX did to your baseball team. Well, that I mean, we got to go back a long time for that day. It's a sore yeah. subject. That's, that's still a sensitive subject <laughs> for us. Yes. Hey, Dave. Um, I don't mean to toot my own or blow my own bagpipes here as we talk about Ireland, but someone did call the Packers beating the Saints, by the way, uh, last time you were on. That, uh, someone would be me. <laughs> How's the preseason football been for you? Ask him how his other three predictions with the Packers in preseason, or sorry, two went. We don't, we don't talk about our losses here, Rowdy. All right, Dave, uh, now, how's preseason been, A, and B, now that we have this kind of reprieve here, what are you gearing up for football season the NFL-wise? Well, I, uh, I don't know. Where, where do you get the reprieve from? I would love to have a reprieve. Well, I mean, with the in the NFL, I mean, we're, we go dark here for what? Well, how many? Is it seventeen? Yeah, the Packers have seventeen days off from starting now till opening. Well, I guess opening weekend. I mean, for the NFL, like, what are you setting up for NFL here, buddy boy? Um, you know, truthfully, it, you know, if you don't keep up with the NFL on a, on an annual basis, I mean, you, you know, I mean, I, I know a few people that strictly bet the NFL, and they're very good at it. Because they, I mean, it's literally um, 365 days a year, and um, you. But even even if you don't strictly bet the NFL, you you can't not look at it for six months and then expect to play catch up. So, I, I guess my point there is, if the work isn't done by now, you're in bigger trouble than you think. Okay. Yeah. You always got to keep that head on a swivel. Hey. Okay. 
You know, I was going to no. ask him if he liked anything in baseball tonight. The, the, that's exactly is, what I was going to do, this too. This is the last legit week for me where I know I'm going to extensively be betting baseball. Well, I'm going to I'm gonna uh, probably um, not bet against Rowdy because he was talking to me off air and told me he liked the Washington Nationals. And I do, too, in as much as it pains me. And actually... The market just took a, a bunch of money on Washington. It went from minus 125-ish to minus 145-ish. So that's fairly significant. But, you know, Kay Gavali's making his major league debut. And, you know, Rowdy probably went went all over this. But, uh, you know, in, in AAA this year, he's 97 innings, 75 hits, three home runs. So, And that's not the outlier because I think in his, in his minor league career, he's given up eight and in 220 innings. So anybody that can keep the ball in the ballpark is okay with me. And I actually thought, I actually thought I would, would think about first five because, you know, you've got the fact that uh, a, he's good B uh, Cincinnati's never seen him. And, and that would be uh, advantage Cavalli, but he's also very good, but the Washington bullpen has actually been very good lately. So I'm going to go ahead and, and, and bite the bullet. And you know, anytime you see, the Nationals taking a bunch of money and being a—I don't know the last time they were a minus one forty favorite—and and I agree with it. I think Bryce Harper might have played for him. Yeah, it could be. Uh, but, yeah, 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 for sure. But, and Strasburg, Strasburg might have been on the mound or Max. <laughs> Speaking of uh, Kate Cavalli, I, I actually did some reading on him too. Like you said, he was like a huge strikeout guy in the minor leagues as well. And on top of that. The scouts have him with three plus pitches, the fastball, which sits 97, 98, and then a slider and curveball with an average changeup. But I think if we, if we look at the other side, Mike Miner is awful. He, they're two and 12 in Mike Miner starts this year. They're Cincinnati Reds. Oh, I, I don't disagree with you. And I believe the two wins were the two times that uh, I bet against them. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it feels that way. It feels that way. All right, Dave. Uh, officially, I think we found your then um, your intro and outro is going to be "Foreigners, Dirty White Boy." I- I'm a big fan of the. Fan I'll, 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 I'll have you know, I, I I've got my dog to uh, give me his paw when I ask him if we are dirty white boys. What's the dog's name? Uh, uh, Gronk. <laughs> <laughs> who's a good Who's a good boy? Who's a good Gronk? Uh, does he have the same? Yeah. Does he have the same smarts as the uh, Rob Gronkowski, the, the the human Gronk? You know, I mean, I don't know about Rob Gronkowski on the inside. I mean, he comes off he comes off as you know a little left of center, perhaps. But uh, you know, you can't argue with success and what he's been able to do off the football field. Right. I will and say this though, you my can't... Gronk. My Gronk doesn't take out of the box like that. <laughs> what they will have in common here in the future, give give Rob Gronkowski a few years, they'll both be drooling. Yeah, I know one's white and one's black. I have to, you know, that's about the only difference. Well, and we hope that your Gronk doesn't eat Tide Pods like the other one. <laughs> he causes me to need them. <laughs> hey, Dave, we love you, man. Are you going golf? Hey, I'm going golfing tomorrow for a bachelor party. Um, I'm not going to predict anything good for my game, but you going golfing this weekend? Uh, probably not, man. You must be I, in the doghouse with the misses then. No, actually, I'm not. I'm actually in the I'm actually in the big bed. But the fact of the matter is, if I do go golfing tonight, I will be in the doghouse. Oh. So we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna avoid corporal punishment. Yeah, yeah. Dave, have a great weekend, man. Happy gambling. We'll talk next Friday. We love you, buddy. All uh, right, you guys too. There he is, Dave Essler. Follow him on Twitter, Dave underscore Essler.
Pregame.com. <laughs> Our dirty white boy. We'll come right back. This is incredible for me. This is awesome. As the guy that, uh, you know, I, I look outside of a window. I don't see the outside, but I see a hallway, and I, I notice some uh, two people walk by. I was like, I think I know that guy. And they walk by again. I'm like, I think I really know that guy. And I went and <laughs> took a lap around the, the studio here, the studios. I'm like, oh, my God, Billy Blake's in the, Billy Blake's in the house. Doing, What's man? going on, man? I'm, I'm glad to be here. Man. I'm so glad to have you. We got Maria as well. So before we get to Billy, Maria, I have to ask you. Uh, you're the reason why Billy is here, correct? Yes, I'm one of the uh, certified uh, fitness instructor by Billy Blanks um, in the state of Wisconsin. And I decided to do this event after the uh, pandemic mm-hmm. just to bring people outside of the home and start doing something for themselves yeah. through fitness. And so... And that's the best thing someone can do is, you know, to be fit and be a healthier version of you. Because yes. isn't the goal in life to live as long as possible and mm-hmm. to get as much, you know, benefit and joy out of life as we can? Yeah, live yes. as long as possible and be as happy as possible. I, I, especially with the pandemic going on, I think a lot of people got stuck inside the house and some people might have gained weight. Some people, you know, mentally might have lost themselves yeah. too. Yeah. So, you know, to help yourself be, get the vibrant back and get the joy back and the peace back. There's nothing better, and I found this out because once COVID hit, like I, I went to the gym, but then once COVID hit, I really started going to the gym more and more because there's more time to, to do stuff. Right. I'm like, I really want to focus on my own health. And I found that the healthier that I became and the more in shape that I got, the happier I was in my own life. Confidence starts from within. Yeah, and I, and I think that's really important what you just said there. You know, when you're working out, you're taking care of yourself, you feel better. Yeah. You know, it's not about the size of the person it's about what's going on inside the person's heart Definitely. when a person knows that they out working out taking care of their health and wellness and it, it bleeds through too and like not only your personal life but i think your professional life as well because mm-hmm. all of a sudden you you're maybe meeting more deadlines at work you feel more confident at work mm-hmm. and maybe you're out there meeting new people and having a good time and friendships are budding right. and whatnot <laughs> and maria for you i mean what do we got for the classes coming up here with uh you and our guy billy over here Yes, so we're running classes through the whole weekend. So we have one class starting today at 6.30 p.m., but that one is pretty full. So and then we have openings for on Saturday at 9 a.m. and 2 p.m. and as well for Sunday at 9 a.m. And if we want, it's at the Madison Ballet, uh, Ballet at 67340 Dana Road, right yes. here in Madison. And if we want to get a hold of you, is, is it Flores1781 at tds.net? Is yes, that- and if you can mention that you heard this on the radio, you can get that. Instead of for $25, it'll be $20. Uh, love it. Awesome. All right. So, Maria, we'll keep coming back to you. But, Billy, I got I to gotta ask a couple of questions here, man. Sure. Uh, for me, you know, growing up, uh, I always saw you on TV. Like, mm-hmm. it was always an inspiration. And I always wanted to, like, you know... Getting that tie bow and get it going. Mm-hmm. So my radio name's Ebo. I'm not trying to steal anything. Oh, you trying to steal I'm not trying to steal anything. <laughs> <laughs> That's a cool name. I'm man. not trying to Ebo, steal. What's up, dude? <laughs> so I'm not trying to steal anything from Tybo over here. Uh, my real name is Bo, but yeah, radio name Ebo. But Billy, your journey in all of this, uh, I think, is pretty inspirational as well, and a pretty great story. How through all of your time now, from when you started to where you are now, how has the career of Billy Blanks been, and knowing that you're affecting positive change? Well, it's been so a blessing. You know, I got a chance to uh, travel. I've been to 106 countries training people. You know, when people thought Tybo was gone, Tybo was still was still alive. I'm always changing. 
I'm always staying in shape. I'm, I'll be 67 next week. Really? And yeah, you know, and uh, look, and staying in shape and training, still staying in shape and training is is a. I think it's a blessed thing, you yeah, know. It makes you feel young. Yeah, looking. You know, make also vibrant keeps me vibrant, keeps me joyful. I just think when you can get up and I don't care if it's ten, fifteen minutes, you know, every day, do something to help yourself yeah. feel better before you start your job or before you start your day off. Totally, it's going to make you better. Yeah, you know, I feel like you do a little bit more than ten to fifteen minutes. No, I do. <laughs> <laughs> but but some people don't, some people say, well, I don't have time, and you know, I always say, take that time. You know, get down and do some push ups, sit ups. Do stretch, you know, because I think what what makes a person feel old is when you lose, start losing your flexibility and your joints start stiffening up. See, then it I makes don't, you feel I don't old. buy the I don't have time thing because yeah. how many how many people find themselves sitting on the couch just looking at their phone for like an hour? That's, it, it, you have time. You're just not prioritizing your right, time. Right, that's it. Yeah, that's so the key. I, I was really lazy for about six years. I used to work. <laughs> I, I was. I used to work out all the time, like in high school and college, and then you know after college, you're just like, yeah, not really feeling it. Well, I started doing it again, ooh, probably over this winter. Mm-hmm. But I found that so I'm a big baseball guy. Turn on the Brewers in the spring. It's three and a half hour game. You got a TV, you got some weight sets, you can start doing some things and now you're multitasking and not only are you watching the game, it makes you feel good because you're working out, you're getting something productive and when the Brewers suck, you can take it out on some weights and whatever. So we're, we're big Brewers fans here. And yeah, that's good. They, they're, it was good. You know, everybody goes down, but they come back up. You know, yeah. they, the Brewers they, just never the journey. got it's to the, the journey. That's right. That's right. The journey. They never got to the mountaintop. They've always been kind of at the summit. Yeah. yeah. Or, sorry, they've been at base camp. But, they yeah. to the summit. <laughs> it's like they forgot to get the Sherpa to help them go up the Everest. So um, when it comes to these classes and whatnot, Billy, like, so uh, you've been to so many countries, you said, and seen so many people that have so much change and whatnot. What What is a day in the life of working out for Billy Blanks? Well, for me, I get up every morning at 4.30. I get my workout in before I see my clients because I always know the person that has to change first is me because yeah. then I have to go into people's household and uh, I, want, I want to bring the right attitude into the household so I can help people be inspired to get up and want to help themselves be the best they can be. Do you ever, do you ever find that to be difficult as like, as always to be that, you know, that guy to help others get up or is it just, it's in you, you got it. It's in me. I, I, I pretty, I feel blessed to be able to do what I'm doing. Yeah. Uh, well, you're also walking like you talk. You're you're, you're walking like you talk it because you'll see some personal trainers at like your local club where it's like you're a trainer. Yeah, I, like <laughs> the guy you're training is in better shape than you. Like it's almost. But what you're saying is you like to get out. You like to work out so you feel good before I, you even you get know, to the I, I, I want to feel what people feel. Yeah. You know, and to be a good trainer, you have to feel what people feel, and then you got to listen to people. I don't. I don't go to a place and go. Okay, I'm going to train you. And not listen to what you say. You know, I got to listen to what you say and see how you feel. And then I go, okay, he feels the way I feel. I've been through what he, that person's been through. So let me show him how to help them get out of that rut. Yeah. And I think what happens to a lot of people, a lot of trainers, sometimes they don't they don't listen to people. They just want to push people but not listen. So your background, mixed, some mixed martial arts, right? So he's... My, my background really is uh, a traditional taekwondo. Yeah. Uh, and then I studied judo. I have a mixture of back, uh, martial arts, but... Uh, Mixed martial arts is a little different. Yeah, yeah. My, my my apologies. He started dipping into jujitsu. Right. So, did you, have you ever dipped in any jujitsu yes. stuff? Okay. Yes. So he's he just took two vacation days uh, earlier this week, mm-hmm. and I asked him, "Did you do anything fun on vacation?" <laughs> he goes, "Yeah, 
I choked people. <laughs> <laughs> but but in the, you know, the jujitsu setting and whatnot. So I was just wondering, like, any words of advice for Nelly over here when he's getting into the world? I, I think that's a great discipline. I think, I think especially with jujitsu, I've won a couple of world championships over in Trinidad, you know, and, and won in 1977. Uh, but jujitsu is a good art. I think everybody should learn martial arts. People always ask that question, what is the best martial arts? Uh, it's not the martial arts, it's the person that makes the style. And if if you got a good teacher in jujitsu, taekwondo, judo, whatever martial arts it is, if your instructor yeah. has a good head on his shoulders, then you'll be good at what you do. Well, I think not only with martial arts, but like the combat sports in general, it, it teaches more about you while mm-hmm. you learn them too. Because like you said, like the drive, if you go into a sport like judo, wrestling, jujitsu, where it's it's one-on-one, if you don't have that drive, you're going to get hurt mm. real quick, mm. or you're you're not going to have a good time. And the thing that I like about uh, mixed martial arts now is you have to be a good athlete. Yeah. You have to be in good shape. Where in karate, most karate people are not in good shape. Physically, they're not in good shape. But when you go to a, a mixed martial arts gym, that's one of the first priorities. You have to be in good shape or you won't be the last and compete. That's like I said. I took like six years off, and I started going again, and I'm like, Wow, the cardio from four months ago to now is head and shoulders a difference. Well, but awesome. like you said, when you get out there and you're you're rolling around, you're like, man, I am out of shape. <laughs> so every every day, Billy, we uh, and Maria, we do this thing called the Razor's Edge. We do some sports gambling at six fifty and eight fifty. And so you were in the room over here waiting to come in at nine, mm-hmm. and we were doing the little sports gambling segment. And you know, we, we, he's dabbled in this in combat sports, MMA, mm-hmm. you know, UFC betting. And a listener called in, and I jokingly said, set a line for Billy Blanks for Nelly over here. And you were a, you were a heavy favorite of, of winning this. <laughs> and my question was going to be on your cardio, because Rowdy's like, well, if we do, I'm going to see how his cardio is. <laughs> He's got cardio. So see if he, could, if he could gas you out. But what's the cardio like for Billy Blanks, then? Are we, are we, are we a tuned-up machine, then? Well, you know, I'm, I'm a, a tuned-up machine. I mean, I've been working out for a long time. I, I just told her I like to run. I like to run. I like to. I mean, I'm. I train. I do. I. I'm not just a talker. Yeah. Well. Yeah. But, I mean, well, you walk by, and I just kind of got like the back end as you guys were leaving, <laughs> and I'm like, ah, yeah, it's kind of old. We'll see. How, we'll see the cardio. Well, yeah, you come in here, pretty, pretty cut. Yeah, yeah, I'm 67 years old, man, but I feel like even now I can still roll with you know with the young people. You know, I think you keep yourself in good shape. How much heavy lifting you do? You don't do heavy, heavy as I used to. Yeah. But I, I you're like not the to out. You're So you're, you're not like going to like, do you know who Amon Green is by chance? He's yeah. a running back for the Packers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we had, a, we, we we had, had him on a couple years. years ago, and he's like, yeah, I'm just you know, not lifting as heavy as I used to. You know, it's just, you're getting older, starting to fall apart. I do lighter stuff with uh, more reps. <laughs> like, oh, what are you doing now? Yeah, I'm only benching like 425 now. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, only. <laughs> what did he say? He was squatting. What did he squat? Like, he squat he's like, like yeah, I'm only squatting like five something. I used to do 600 plus. Yeah, I was like, my God. Yeah. Yeah, I, um, I used to bench press a lot of weight, but now I just maybe push two hundred pounds. That's good enough for me. So I'm trying to I'm trying to gain weight. Yeah. I'm trying to get like I'm I'm trying. It's it's tough for me. What's <laughs> it's, it's tough for me? Pretty fast metabolism. What's the what's the See, diet? Some like people are jealous with uh, that. Uh, yeah, I'm, well, I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm, we're trying. We're yeah, trying. Still lean. No, you ain't trying. You doing? Yeah. yeah well, I, no, I, yeah, I am doing. What's right. the diet like for you then? Uh, for me, I. My wife is Japanese, so I'm always oh, eating good diet. Sounds, always sounds eating incredible. good vegetables, fish, chicken. You know, I don't eat too much meat every oh, okay. once in a while. Yeah. But, uh, See, I've been on a strictly just meat diet lately. I've been just trying to just pound meat. Meat is good, but you just got to watch it. You got to watch it. You got to watch it. You, you know, cholesterol and all that other stuff, man. So I'm on a good diet, and I feel like I'm 
being on the diet, I'm more leaner than what I used to yeah. be. Yeah, you're looking good, dude. You know, for I'll be 67. That's wild. Thursday. That's crazy. Man, I got to say, but, uh, thanks for joining us so much. And Maria, thank you, you so much as well. Thank Again, you, so much. Uh, you mentioned you hear Billy or yourself on the radio. We're getting a little uh, discount on the classes this weekend. Yeah, so Fridays, we're full up yes. today. Full. Saturday, full Saturday, Saturday, Sunday. And Sunday is, yeah, still open. There's, there's a couple spots left open, right? Yeah. There's still some. Open. Yeah. All right, so uh, again, it's at the Madison Ballet at 6734 Odana Road. And Flores, 1781, F L O R E S, 1781 at tds.net if you want to get involved. Uh, Billy's going to be teaching some some Tybo Live classes. Yeah, I love just it. Tybo Live classes. I want to tell people not to be nervous. Yeah. You know, because I'm, I'm almost getting out. And, right, I'm going to start you off as, you know, beginner, work your way up into. Workout that you can do at home by yourself. So it's don't be sustainable. Come on out. Yes. Yeah. yeah. yeah Isn't that a good feeling to like get someone out? Like you teach them the ropes and then let them go on their way. Now, so now awesome, you man. can do it yourself. Yeah. That's, uh, thank you guys so much for joining thank us. We you really so appreciate much. it. Thank Billy, you. You're the thank man. You. Thank we you. appreciate it. Rowdy, you're actually, despite you know being a Braves fan now, you will be in attendance at the Milwaukee Brewers game tomorrow, correct? Money was already spent. Couldn't get it back. And now you said you refused to spend money at yep. American Family Field. Yep. That's true. So you actually money was spent in May, though. Yeah, yeah, in May before you, when you were still Bruce fan. But you had said that um, you won a bet over our your buddy, our good listener of the show, Fuller. I, I love me some Fuller too. That you won a bet, and he's re-upping or paying you back by so, paying for your drinks tomorrow. So the bet originally was. For next year, yeah, because it was at the end of this year, the bet was Christian Yelich was going to hit 285. He was going to have 28 home runs and 85 RBIs. Fuller thought that there was going to be a big turnaround for Christian Yelich. You know, it's kind of the year removed. He's going to fix some things, like, whatever. Is, yeah, I told him, dude, not happening. Take the Milwaukee Brewer color glasses off. I'll allow you to win this bet if he hits any one of those numbers. He can bat 285. So he's he's currently betting 254. No way is he ever going to touch 285. 28 home runs. He has nine home runs. (laughs) He's not even going to sniff 20. Um, And it was 85 RBIs. He's 39 RBIs currently. I'm going to let so the the original bet was <laughs> buying tickets and drinks for a game the following year. Okay. I don't want to spend money with this clown organization, this fake franchise, this <laughs> unserious team. But we already have these tickets. It was already planned since May. So you you're cashing in on the bet now. I think I should give Fuller the easy out because I don't want them to get money now or in advance, sure, sure. but I'm going to be there. I'll just say, Hey, two drinks while I'm in American family field, it'll run you 15 to 20 bucks. A little more than that. Easy out for you. Cause I don't want to give them money. Did he say yes? Forward. Did he say yeah? I've not officially talked well, to if him. he's, I'm I mean, soliciting this on air. I just told him or said he's a loyal listener of the show. So Fuller, if you're listening, which I would hope I think that's an easy out. That's that's a lot cheaper than two tickets and a couple beers at a, a game next yeah. year. I, Fuller is probably in his excavator right now. I hopefully he's inflation is only going up, Ebo. Oh yeah, those tickets are going to be way more. The food's going to be way more than it is right now. Well, speaking of that, uh, we'll get back to the Packers. I mean, we've been heavy Packers today. Obviously, at their final preseason game last night. I have an article, though, about the Brewers I want to get to. First, I, I am curious. Line one, good morning. Who's this? 
Oh, hey, hey, Tommy, what's up, brother? Hey, you know what? We broke our losing streak last night, the Brewers. Well, Tom, here's the thing. The Brewers didn't lose, right, because they didn't play. But in a way, they did lose because the Cardinals won, and now the Brewers are six games below first place instead of five and a half. What a ride. What's six when you're, you know. Tom, let's just think about this for one second. On August 2nd, they traded away Josh Hader. The team went into a tailspin. It was a disaster. We're 24 days out from that. The Brewers at that time had a three-game lead in the Central. I thought it was four. They are now. It was a little earlier. But at that deadline, it was they were up three games in 24 days. They are now six games behind. In 24 days, they lost a swing of nine games. Beautiful. That's almost impossible. Hey, anything is possible with the Milwaukee Brewers. Sociological term for you. I also wanted to mention our uh, Packers just because I happened to watch that game last yeah, night. Yeah, yeah, kind of boring. I think Mr. Love is our man. Um, he throws the ball in the dirt all the time in these long plays, or he throws it when there's three guys surrounding our guy. I don't know. It's maybe the rookie yips or something. Tommy, that's why we think our lucky stars. We still have Aaron Rodgers. Well, yeah, but I, mean, I think we're talking. You know, they're saying should we get rid of this guy now because they have a chance of getting some more, or should they wait? And I say bye bye. If somebody really needs him, take him. Tom, if if you think Aaron Rodgers can hold on for three more years, depending where they're at, they might be able to draft Arch Manning. Oh. There you go. Well, I mean, even Etling had the thing of throwing to somebody who was open, you know, and he looks a little rough, but, you know, he's kind of fun. So, I don't know. I'd rather have someone who's fun who's not throwing interceptions every time. Tom, what's fun with him? The number of times the guy threw right into coverage where there's just no way you should throw the ball is amazing. I think I got it for Jordan Love. What he has to do is he's got to go take a bunch of ayahuasca and trip balls. Then he can be an Aaron Rodgers level. We're close to it. Okay. That would help. Or have a cleanse. Well, I don't think it would hurt, you know. One of those enema cleanses or something. Uh, the, it's the, called the Pancha Karma Cleanse. Therapeutic yeah. vomiting and therapeutic crapping. Boy, I could That's that. what we do now watching the Brewers, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but right. it's not therapeutic. It's just <laughs> oh, it is. Sometimes when I hurt myself, then I take a hammer and I smash my thumb because then I don't remember what I did originally. You know, That's kind of what the Brewers is right now. Intentionally hurt yourself so you don't see how bad it is. Your poor thumbs. Do you even have thumbs left? Well, you boys have a nice weekend. It's, it's going to be a great one, I think. Tommy, it, every, we'll every day is a great day. Every day is a great day that we're not pushing daisies. We love you, buddy. What could, what could go wrong playing the Cardinals? Or the Cubs, whoever we're playing. Bye-bye. Yeah. <laughs> At this point, it doesn't matter. But it does matter because of another bet that I have. Okay, with from Monona. The villain of the show, Dave from Monona, yeah. and he. This is one he always makes. Now, when the Cubs he were cries when the Cubs were it. good, he cries a lot about it. In 2016, Wah. perceived to be good in 17, 18, 19, you know, yeah, yeah. When they still had that core of players, Dave would always say, "Let's see who who has more wins." Not more wins head to head. It would always be record wise. Yep. But once the Cubs started selling off and they finally realized that this core wasn't going back to a World Series, all of a sudden that season win number ended up turning into head to head wins because he knew it gave him a better shot in the sport of baseball. Mm-hmm. He was crying at the beginning of this year saying with because the Brewers completely owned the Cubs last year. No, they mis- dismantled them. And it, it, the series wasn't even close. You play 19 games every season against your interdivision teams. The, the Brewers, I don't remember the exact record, but they I think it might have been like 14 and 5. They smoked the Cubs last yeah. year. He was crying for two or three games. And now going into this series, I need a Brewers sweep 
Oh, if they win the bet, I need yes. a Brewers sweep so the Brewers would win the series 10-9. to 9. All right, so speaking of this series coming up, Rowdy, they were thinking they're going to hit 100 million fans all time. They're going to give – you might be there when they give the big gift. I think it's going to be a full oh, middle finger. Oh, dude, would that not just be classic? The guy that's sworn them off is in attendance, and they give the special gift because they hit the number. Because they said it was probably going to be their next homestand when they hit over 100 you know what all do? time. And this says the next homestand if, starting tonight. If, if they hit it on Saturday when I'm in, in attendance. You're going to throw it back like a Ryan no, Braun no, no, home no, run no, ball? No, 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 no. If I'm in attendance when they give away this special gift because they hit that number, I'm going to send it to King. Oh, the Kinger. I'm going to send it to the King. Uh, and Shano, I don't think he's on Twitch right now, but uh, you're not going to walk. You know, when you check in, you did your ticket, you go through the metal detector. And you don't have tickets anymore, by the way. Oh, yeah, I forget about that. I miss a ticket. When you show your flash, your little digital pass, and then they hand you the gift, will you, will you go like this and said, mm, thanks, but no thanks. Are you going to give him one of those, or are you going to take it and then send it to no, King? No, I'm going to send it to King. I want to know what it is. I feel like it's a giant foam middle finger, and it's right to the fans. It says F you from management and ownership. But, Rowdy, with this series coming like up Like, what could they really give you? It's probably a VHS tape of the 1982 It's probably team. like a keychain. It's going to be something like, here's the 1982 uh, uh, highlight tape of, on VHS. Here's the cheapest thing we could come up with as a giveaway. It's like, oh, we found, we found a bunch of Hank the Dog bobbleheads. Here you go. No, but... This article we were reading yesterday, uh, I got it late in the show, from actually The King, and you saw it too. Brewers' attendance, is dr- uh, the drop, is among the steepest in Major League Baseball. So they said, uh, let's see here, before entering Wednesday's action, uh, the Brewers were 14th in the Major League Baseball, drawing 30,359 fans per game. It was a drop of 15.9% compared to 2019, and a 14% drop compared to 2018. It, the former number is the seventh biggest drop in Major League Baseball, and the latter is the ninth biggest drop, outpacing most teams that have maintained a similar plane of competitiveness in that window. And I think moving forward, you're only going to see this decline because if the Brewers continue to play this way, they're going to be out of that playoff contention, or at least the division. So I think less people, even if you see when they pan the crowd these days, yeah. There's less and less people at American Family Field on the weekends where you're like, there's quite a bit of open seats there where normally it's filled. Or you can even look at it as the same thing with uh, Pete from Monona calls it and says, when I go to Brewer games, or brother in the burbs, when I go to Brewer games, I go to watch the other team. If if they're playing the Cubs, the Pirates and the Reds down the stretch, do you really want to go to those games to see those teams players? No, you have the very own broadcast team for the Pirates calling out their team for being scrubs. Yeah. We already call the Cubs. The scrubs. owner of the Pirates is taking pictures with fans of a fan wearing a shirt that says sell the team in the Pirates logo. The Reds fan base is also coming for their owner because they went all in a few years ago and then quickly dismantled that and said, oh, oh, maybe we screwed up. We're, we're punting on this. Yeah. Fans aren't going to go out to watch. They'll come out to watch the Cubs because it's a rivalry and there's a lot of Cub fans. But other than that, if they play all these games down the stretch against these lesser teams... More people so, like Pete aren't going to go either. They want to watch these turd players. Well, P- Pete Collin, and, and I think Pete has gone twice or three times. Pete Collin. But, Rowdy, they, uh, let's see here. Their current projection this year is between 2.5 million to 2.6 million fans. That would still put them in the top half of baseball. But in 2019, they had over 2.9 million fans. Now everything is down from 2019. And they'll say COVID. COVID is an excuse still, obviously. But weirdly enough, Ebo, as everything is down from 2019 attendance-wise, the numbers viewing on TV are actually up. Yeah. Now, the same thing with that that I, I do think is kind of funny is 
they talk about in that article, one of the big hits that they've taken is actually companies and group group ticket sales. They average about 600,000 group ticket sales. This year, they're at about 400,000. So that's a huge loss, a huge difference. But I think another thing that is just hilarious. What did I get in the mail yesterday? Addressed to Nelson. Addressed to me at Midwest Family from the Brewers. Was a Brewers... It was like that one. It's not an envelope. It was just like a postcard, a little it, flyer a little type flyer thing from the Brewers, and, and it, it said, said, "Thanks for being a great fan." Yeah, they sent it to you, <laughs> addressed to me for being a great loyal fan because I set up our bus trips. Yeah, my name goes on all the stuff. Yeah, we've done bus trips in the past. That's so funny. We've done what three bus trips now in the last three four years? Yeah. And also, just myself in general, I'll normally go to a few games a year. So I, I buy tickets. I went to more when I was younger, when I had more time, mm-hmm. especially when you were like a kid when you had, you didn't necessarily work well, yeah. all the time, clearly. I mean, when you're but a kid, you can do a lot more things. How funny of. is it that they address the Brewers to me for being a great, loyal the fan? The number one fan. The guy that swore them off. and <laughs> So funny. <laughs> Literally a couple so, weeks ago. Speaking of fans, too, I mean... It's the Cubs series coming up here, and something we always talked about is like, how come Cubs fans? Why do why do Brewers fans let them take over American Family Field or then Miller Park? And you see just the sea of Cubs wonks everywhere. Uh, well, it's saying here with the Cubs also being down, uh, they say uh, despite Brewer fans happily embracing a down season for Chicago, it doesn't help at the tickets ticket office. So the Brewers have drawn an average this year of Cubs an average of thirty four thousand four hundred fifty fans uh, for the Brewers Cubs series, but. It used to be so. This year's thirty four thousand four hundred fifty for the Cubs series. I bet it's over forty. In twenty nineteen, it was forty thousand four hundred forty thousand three hundred seventy seven thousand. So it's down six thousand. And that's your biggest draw. Like when yeah. the Brewers draw, they're drawing the Cubs. We know there's a ton of Cub fans. They like to come up from Illinois. They're already in the state. It's a big rivalry. It's been a good rivalry. We know that they draw when they play teams like the Yankees or the Red Sox because they're the historic teams that normally have good players. Like I said, people like to go see those teams. Those are the teams they draw. They're not even drawing close to the same levels against the Cubs. No, it's down 6,000 on average. And here's a really funny. This is funny right here, dude. This is a funny little uh, paragraph. I'm going to read it for you in this Yahoo sports article. About the Brewers drop in attendance. Ready for this one? Have the Brewers started to bore fans with success? Stop it. Or is it simply a team that can't inspire the same fervor as past years, particularly because this year's team came in as the odds on favorite to win the division, and yet the Brewers haven't played well enough to make a playoff berth certain? I love that first question. Have the Brewers started to bore fans with success? Yeah, I don't like what. Yep, I don't like that they've made the playoffs every single year. I'm going to not go back until they're a terrible team again. No, it's because you had high expectations and you fell short, or the fact that you were leading the Central and you sold. Hey, you know what? This this team's just too good. I don't want to go anymore. They're just too they're just too fun and entertaining to watch. Or they win too much. The fact that I just pointed out when Tom called in that on August second they had a three game lead in the in the central 
and all of a sudden, 24 days later, they're down six games. That's a nine-game swing. You've played terrible baseball. Who wants to go watch the Brewers? Okay, so the 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 you uh, so the you know the Brewers also say that being said, I'll be there on Saturday. <laughs> uh, here's a little one more. Uh, what can the Brewers do get uh, to get fans back? They say the addition of X Golf could help fans. Do you? All right, Brewers fans out there. Do you want to go to American Family Field to then go pay more money to rent out a golf suite and play golf while a baseball game is going on? Is that a draw for you? Because you have to pay more money. You have to pay for your ticket, pay for the parking, pay the, you know. Then you got to pay money to use X Golf. And I don't want to be Captain Obvious, but obviously all of these, all these baseball teams, no matter what level they're at, they're bringing in these attractions so that people come to do these attractions, not necessarily because their team is good, not necessarily to watch the said game. It's to get people there for everything else. Yeah. Which I understand. Like a lot of, some people that go don't care for baseball. They just want to go party with a group of friends. Like I understand that. So maybe they want to go do other things, but you have to pay a doing X golf. Isn't cheap. You have to pay a lot more money to go golf at American family field. What is the capacity for this X golf in Miller park? An extra couple hundred people. Like, I don't even know how big it is. Never done it. Have no interest in doing it. Well, if I want to golf, I want to golf. I don't want to golf at a baseball game. You know what I'm saying? Like, okay. That's what I'm saying. It's like, clearly the people that are going to play X golf, yeah, they might like the Brewers, but they're going there to hang out with buddies, drink beer, play X golf, and then have your eye kind of on the TV while the game's going on. How many bays can they even have here? It's at Miller Park. Yeah, it's a... It's a big stadium, but I, I it's not like lot. they're knocking down uh, seating so that they can put in this X golf. So, I bet they can't even hold 500 people in X golf. Uh, 500 people's a drop in the freaking bucket when you can hold 45,000. So I'm looking here. I'm on the X golf website for America's this is ridiculous. I, I kid you not, dude. So you can have non game day reservations and you can have game day reservations. So it's the Cub series this weekend. I clicked on tonight. This Saturday. is the this well, is this wait, exact wait, wait. same thing. There are no available reservations for this whole weekend starting tonight. It is booked out entirely. How many how many people? Like how many bays? I don't know. It doesn't say, but it's the whole thing's booked out. I can't imagine. I'll look. I'll look a little more. I can't more. imagine they have more than twenty bays, and it's I can't imagine booked. you get more than uh, you know a half dozen people. They're all that's booked. that's less than two hundred people. Even it's if it was five hundred. This is the exact same thing. It's like, hey, we got X golf now. We're gonna start helping getting more people into the into the stadium. It's like five hundred more people. It's like the same people that lower gas by a couple cents and celebrate it. It's like, yeah, you don't pay. It's a drop in the freaking bucket. You don't pay four dollars anymore. Now you pay three dollars and ninety eight cents. It's a drop in the bucket. No one notices a difference. I don't know how many bays there are. I'm looking, but it doesn't really say. Um, I gotta, the research department's got to get in a little more. But, yeah, the reservations are all sold out. I just but like, we're going to take our victory lap. Well, I mean, it is a business, though. I mean, they do have to find other ways to, you know, generate revenue. I understand that, but it's still. 